Welcome to Excellent Adventures, where I, your host, Reese Sweeney, take a step away from my duties as a radio and TV personality and give you a first-hand look at my other love, backyard chickens and homesteading. Take a listen to conversations I have with others who are in farming, homesteading, and connected brands. And some of those conversations go a little like this. She does say I have too much, though. She says I have too many, but I don't think I have enough. The chicken math started mathing. Yep, yep, it's never ending. I only started with like four laying hens. Now I have over 100 chickens and geese and quail. So the first question we ask everybody that comes on to the Excellent Adventures, what was your old cluck moment? The first thing that comes to mind is when the first time I got locked inside one of my own chicken coops. We talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Now let's see who's on this episode of Excellent Adventures. All right, we back at it with another Excellent Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Reese. We have a very special guest, the queen of compost. This lady just knows what to do when it comes to like small space gardening she's got chickens i see you got quail that's that's the next thing on my to-do list is to get some quail without further ado let's go ahead and introduce miss asia p coming to you live all the way from the yellow door urban homestead what's up miss lady are you in like the maryland virginia area or something like that i'm in virginia, I'm in virginia. okay yeah, yeah. all right cool 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 I, I spent some time in va it does get super cold up there it get, so it's not as cold as like, you know, up north, but we can get down into single digits every now and then, but it, it gets cold here. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to talk about that too, because I know that could present some challenges with gardening for the regular garden folks. Now with folks like you, you got two green thumbs. Let's talk about it. Like, when did you first get into gardening and what came first, the chicken or the plants? <laughs> Okay, the plants came first because um, it was, you know, 2020 when they were saying stay at home. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I can stay home, but I can't stay inside of the home <laughs> the, constantly. So um, I essentially started gardening in 2020 uh, for my daughter. Uh, she eats very healthy and I do not. So when I go to the grocery store, I don't think to, you know, pick up certain random vegetables. So I was like, oh, we can do that together. So that's how it started. The garden came first and I watched YouTube and I was like, people have chickens in their backyard. I was like, I want those. <laughs> I said, I want some of them. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So what, what prompted your daughter? Like what prompted your daughter to start eating, get on a health food kick? So I think it's more of the way that she started out um, because I, when she was a baby, I made her baby food. Like mm. that's a, that was a time where I did pick up vegetables because I was like, I'll make it instead of buy the jar of stuff and the canned stuff. Um, and so I think it's just kind of something that stuck with her because she's always she's always eating fresh vegetables and fresh fruit. Okay. Yeah. Now that's pretty cool. So you you basically you you laid the groundwork per se. For her to get busy out there with the, with the healthy eating now she's eating healthy you like okay let me let me jump into this with you you start buying these fruits and vegetables and stuff like that and what was the first one that you said i'm gonna just go ahead and just plant my own how did that kick off um so me and her have always had a small garden it was in a spot where um it wasn't getting a lot of sun and i didn't know about gardening so mm -hmm. we did it as something a project for me and her um but tomatoes were my first thing Okay. And it's amazing, like the different varieties and how you get a different taste. Because I didn't really eat tomatoes before, but there's they look different, and it was just they look cool. And I was like, oh, I want to try different varieties. So that's where we start. 
Tomato. See, I don't eat tomatoes either, but that that feels like if I grew them, I probably would. And there's so I think you would. There's so many varieties that taste so different, and you're like, oh, this is what tomato is supposed to taste like. See, what you're getting out the grocery store is not it. See, that's why I'm just feel like I'm just like eating some red juice. It don't. It, it doesn't even t- like red water. It don't taste like anything. If you ever, if you ever go to like a farmer's market, look for a Cherokee purple tomato. It will okay. change your thought on on tomatoes. And so we think what we get out the store, it's like this acidic juice, essentially, mm. is what it tastes like. But there are sweet tomatoes. There are tomatoes that don't have the acidity. Like you gotta try a different tomato that's not from the store. <laughs> okay, so a purple, you said purple Cherokee tomato? Purple Cherokee, yeah. Okay, now I feel like I know something. This is what this podcast is for. <laughs> I feel like I can tell somebody <laughs> something. <laughs> Let me mark the time yeah, on this. Yeah, it'll change <laughs> I got you. So with the small garden, and then you start getting into it, and you start growing stuff left and right. You, you've gotten into composting and everything. I watch your videos. I'm like, man, this is amazing. There's a quick backstory. Like I met you through, we were both um, on a on a campaign kick together for about for for a few months with with chicken for feed, and I was introduced mm-hmm. to you that way. And I just kind of fell in love with your content. You're so responsive, like to the people asking questions and stuff like that. I think that's cool. Like, what should been your your kind of perspective on social media? Um, so it, it, it can be a lot. I, and and if you only started as a way to like share, maybe meet a few people, have, you know, someone to talk about something that you're interested in Mm -hmm. and it turns into much more than you expected, it can be overwhelming a little bit. Um, if I'm honest, you know, I'm, I always try to keep it honest. It can be a bit overwhelming and I am. I also work a full-time job, a very uh, time-consuming full-time job. Mm. And so I'm, I'm trying to balance it at this point um, because I want to be responsive. I want to make sure that, you know, my my subscribers and followers know I appreciate them. It, it's, it's kind of a lot to, to juggle, but I do, I, I do enjoy it. I, I love sharing. I love talking to other people because, you know, I have friends. They're not into gardening and I will be talking to them and they're just like, oh, OK, cool. Right. <laughs> Same thing with the chickens. They're like, oh, OK, cool. <laughs> right. It's like I, I love getting into a room where somebody actually wants to talk about chickens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. I'm at the radio station talking to folks about music. I'm like, will somebody please ask me about some eggs? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. man. I, I found though um some of the people I've gotten connected with on social media have been extremely helpful, kind of becomes that that mm-hmm. community that you could talk to. Have you found the same same thing? I have. Um and so when I got into quail, um mm-hmm. like I had two people that reached out and they were like, you know, I raise quail or I have a friend who raises quail. So if you have any questions, just reach out, DM. You know, I've I've had you know phone conversations with some of the people that I've met, um, and so it's, it's I do think that you find your community, especially in this niche. Like you find a community because everybody is wanting to help. Um, you know, we're all kind of learning because it's no one right way, and so I think that you definitely find a community within the gardening and uh, homesteading community. 
True. That's very true. You have you converted anybody? You turned some other people onto the green side. So yeah, my mother is uh, now growing a garden. She has a small garden that I help her with. She doesn't grow through fall and winter, but she does, she does summer. Um, my aunt grew tomatoes in a pot for the first time um, this year. Uh, I have a friend who does not like outside, but I kind of brought her into like hydroponics. You can grow inside. Yeah. So yeah, because I'm always talking about it. Right. <laughs> That's the move. But I think that's a, re a really good way to kind of share your experiences and get people on a different side of health kick as well as just being self-sufficient. Cause you never know. We had that shut down. Nobody was expecting that. Like nobody thought we wouldn't be able to go to a grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and that was a whole little situation, like going to the grocery store and not being able to get more than one or two packs of meat. It, that was a situation. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what made me say, OK, quail, because for me in, in my space, it's a sustainable way to have meat. So, yeah, gotcha. That makes that makes plenty of sense. A whole lot. You got chickens, too. I see you got some beautiful chickens. I see your copper moran started laying. You got some nice egg coloration. Congratulations so on that. <laughs> Thank you. I was so excited. I was like, oh, because we have black sex links and the um, it's actually a majestic moran. I just got one of those. A majestic one. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like my My daughter kept saying. I'm pretty sure that's the same chicken. That's a black sex mix. I was like, it better not be because right. it's supposed to lay a different color egg. And it just took, I guess, it took a while to start laying because every the rest of them have been laying. And so when I saw that, I was so excited. I was like, oh, it is a majestic meringue. <laughs> right, no need to return. <laughs> right. Nah, that's cool. What was your old cluck moment? That's the moment that you knew, okay, I am a garden lady. I'm a chicken mama. I'm really all the way in this thing. What was that moment that made you see that you really doing it? Okay. Honestly, I think it was, I'm so sorry. No, you My daughter coming home from school. It's cool. This is, real, this is a real life podcast, so those things happen. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so I'm like, there's so much going on in here right now. Um, I, I think it was when and, and I essentially had already had them. I was already raising them. But honestly, it was when I was able to supply like my mom and my sister with AIDS. And I was like, oh, this is a, like I can help other people. Um, even though it's not a large group of people, I still have the ability to help. And I was like, yeah, this is, I'm doing this. I, I feel like I'm always going to have, I'm always going to have chickens. And they're so I don't know. They have personalities and you wouldn't think that. And they've also started to be like, well, it's been a while now because I've had them for what? Almost two years. So they're used to me and they come up to me and I'm like, how do they even know? This? They know that when I come in here, I'm going to throw some treats or if I get down to check the quail, they're all right there. And I'm like, I think they like me. <laughs> I think they do too. I see some of your videos. You like look at my stalkers. They so annoying. They are stalkers, but at the same time, it's like I think they realize that like I'm here for them. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean we we had a Purina scientist. He was saying that they could recognize up to a hundred faces. So they, oh they definitely know you or your daughter. They know y'all. Okay, cool. I did not know that. That's one thing I didn't do a lot of when I got them either was research. Mm. Um, so I'm still learning them every day. I'm still learning them. 
We all are. What What's some things recently that you've learned that you picked up on on the chicken? And then we'll talk about the quail next, too, because I want to get into that. And I know some people will find that interesting. So what's some things you learned recently about chickens? Um, so, but first of all, it, the malting thing, it always <laughs> makes me nervous. Always. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting more comfortable with because I'm like, I'm sure it's a malt, but it could be something else. So then I start reading books. And it, I mean, it's just normal. The malt is normal and I don't have to worry about it every year. Because last year was the first time the older chickens malted and I was so worried. Um, and, and then my Brahma, who seems to be much more uh, fragile than the rest of them, she started malting already this year. And I was like, well, nobody else is malting. Is And I was it's a malt. So I'm learning that like, you don't have to be so, uh, I guess, helicopter with them. <laughs> yeah, you like helicopter mom with them uh-huh. because they they're very hardy, you know. And the, when I originally got them, I was like, how am I gonna, how am I going to keep them warm um, in the winter? And with the community on on YouTube, they were like, you don't need to do much. Just, you know, they were like, maybe give them a little scratch grain put a little bit of extra bedding and they were fine. So just learning every day that, and, and I think because there's so much information out, you know, in social media and people do different things, doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but you have to learn what works for your area. So I've just learned that I don't have to be helicopter. We've reached that part of the show where we hook you up with some insider information. And this time it's some egg side information. Y'all know what I mean? <laughs> Cause people ask me all the time, how do you get your chickens so fluffy and healthy and happy? And their eggs are so bright, beautiful, and they taste delicious too. I would love to dedicate all those things to me coming in and having a great time in that chicken coop every day and shaking it up with those ladies. But the fact is it comes from a healthy and balanced diet of Purina's Laina. That's the brand we use. Whether Whether you've got laying hens and you want to go with the Purina laying up plus omega-3 or you got a bunch of baby chicks running around in your brooder and you go with that Purina start and grow crumble, you can't lose. I know we haven't. So visit their website today and in three easy steps, you can get discount coupons for the Purina product that's right for some great nutrition for your animals. I did it myself and it only took me about two minutes. It's absolutely worth it. And to make things easier, we have the hyperlink on our website, blackyardchickens.com. Just look under product of the month and you'll see the link right there to go and try your Purina feed greatness. And through their trial program, they can pair you with the right nutrition and let you try it with your animals and see the results. Now, I can tell you all day how Purina feed greatness has been absolutely phenomenal for my chickens, goats, ducks, and rabbits. But you can see for yourself. Go to BlackyardChickensWithTheZ.com. Now, let's get back to this week's adventure. No, that's real. Like, I, I practice that deep litter method this last winter it got really cold here in georgia for some reason now our really cold is way different than like a Maine's really cold they talking like below 30 our really cold it is freezing temperatures but it's not anything you know too daunting so we just put a little wrap around the bottom of the coop so the wind wouldn't blow through too heavy we gave them some extra bedding they were fine we didn't need any extra heat source and anything like that so and i know those lamps get dangerous so y'all stay away from those Oh yeah, I don't use the lamps at all. I don't even use the lamps for uh, brooding anymore. Mm-hmm. I yeah, just, I see. I it use a plate. Yep, that's yeah. what I'm using. Yeah, we use a plate too. Shout out to Chick Cozy. They sent us a plate, so we about to get busy with that thing. I think I'm gonna do my first winter like brood. I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise something. I don't know what it. I know it won't be ducks. I'm gonna tell you that. <laughs> okay. 
I did. Do duck you have ducks now? Yes, I have ducks. I I love the ducks, but the ducks are so messy. Oh yeah, I've heard that. I've heard. Yeah, they are they are messy. They are like they are re they grow really fast. They're super like really adorable. You can't have a bad day with being sitting in there with them, right? Oh yeah. But they messy, man. They make mud everywhere. I put a little kitty pool in there. Ten minutes later, full of mud. Oh wow. And I'm not duck bashing all my duck folks. I'm just saying right. it ain't, it's not my favorite. <laughs> okay. But I do want to talk about the quail, then I want to get into the gardening and the composting and stuff like the quail. How did you get into that? Like talk to me. So, okay, I got into it essentially because I was like, I would like a meat source. Like I have vegetables, I have fruit, but I want a meat source. Mm -hmm. um, and so people will say like, you can do meat birds, it takes this amount of time, but I'm living in an urban setting where I am limited on how many birds I can have. Yeah, you can't um, have a hundred chickens back there. Correct. And so the chickens that I do have, I mean, for us, they are pets and we use them for eggs. So of course I don't want to use them as a meat source. So I just started looking originally, I was like, okay, rabbits. But then as I did the research, I was like, I'm not sure when it's time to process, I would be able to do that. Um, right, 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 right. It's like, how, how can I do that? And so I just started watching more YouTube videos and I came across um, My Shire Farm and he does, he explains things well, he shows it well. And I said, I think this could be our meat source. And, and on, in all honesty, um, like hatching them, originally it was the struggle. And I was like, I'm never going to get a flock. I, if, if you don't have a flock, you don't have eggs. You can't hatch. So that took a while to get used to and figure it out. But they mature in eight weeks. Like you mm. can process in eight weeks. And so that's like, it takes 21 days for them to hatch and then they mature in eight weeks. So you're looking at what, maybe 12 weeks and then you are processed. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they lay a lot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so you always have a you always have egg production um, and then they're small so you can have a good amount of them in a small space um, and so that means you're going to get more eggs so I said I think this is what we're going to go with and that that's what we went with and so far it's been pretty easy I have five total one male four female and that's how I'm keeping it going um, I'm brooding some now we, we hatched out 14. We have 13 now. We lost Hold one. on now. Let me find um, out you're a professional hatcher now. That's not right. easy to do now. Right. And I was I, I was so excited because I have I have failed at hatching probably three or four times. And when I say failed, like they hatched, but then they started to, to uh, die. And I realized that's because I didn't leave them in the incubator long enough. So I'm learning every day. Um, and it, and it gives us something new to to eat. It's not new to us now um, that we wouldn't eat on a normal basis because you're not walking in the grocery store in an urban area anyway, finding quail. Right. Yeah. All right, so how, how you processing these quail now? You doing it yourself? Are you taking it to a local butcher? What are we doing? I'm doing it myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it myself. I watched a lot of videos, um, and I actually... There is a, um, I think it, her, her, her name on Instagram is homemade on the homestead, handmade on the homestead. She okay. lives near me. And so she had a 
a processing class for turkeys. And I said, if I can do a turkey, I can do the quail. I already had the quail at that point, though. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, if I'm going to do it. So I went to one of her processing classes. And, um, you know, it was it doesn't ever get easier, but you do understand why. And you know how they were... Um, taken care of and things like that. So it never gets easier, but I am processing them myself. Okay. I get that. So it doesn't get easier to take them out per se, but you know why you're doing it. Correct. And, right. and you know that they, you know, were taken care of, you, mm-hmm. you know, their circumstances, you gave them a good life and then you appreciate them, um, you know, as you do it, but it doesn't get easier. People ask that question all the time. Like, is it easy? And I'm like, no, it never yeah, gets think- easier. I think you harder than me. I'm too soft. I can't do it. I, I got to figure it out. Really? I want to do that. Like, I, I'm excited about it. I was talking about maybe getting some turkey this year, early this year, mm-hmm. raising them, having fresh turkeys for my family. You know, we got a few different houses doing meals and stuff like that. Man, mm-hmm. I'm out there kicking it with a turkey. And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely too soft for this. I can't I, I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to be doing but I can appreciate like the, the stuff that you post and kind of keeping people abreast of what's going on. No pun intended. You know what I mean? And then, uh, like you said, you took a class and, and, and they were able to kind of, you know, put you in the right direction as well. I interview, um, uh, Naya Matthews Brown and she did the same thing. Like she does classes with, with her gardening and stuff like that. And she has a a small homestead out this way. It's it's bigger than mine, but she has a, um, you know, something out this way and they kind of teach. So that community is really, really helpful and it helps you get to the purpose quick. Yeah. I think that everybody is most of the time willing to share, willing to teach. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, honestly, I I feel like if we all kind of went back to that, Mm -hmm. if like, some of the health issues and things like that wouldn't be a thing, but you know, it's a lot of work too. So when you start growing your own food, whether it's vegetables and, or, or meat, it is, it can be a lot of work too. That's true. That's true. It is worth it though. I will say that like even, yeah, all the work I'm going to do every morning with them animals, it's still worth it. You get a lot out of it. Even like the mental health benefits. Let's talk about that before we get into the garden. Like how has that helped you if any at all uh, mental health wise with gardening and with raising your own livestock or poultry? I say it all the time. I will be in the garden by myself. The amount, like I come to realizations, I, you know, come to peace with things, just being out in the garden and I'm literally working, physically working, but it doesn't feel like it. And like the peace that you get just from being out there, you get, you get grounded. I'm I'm trying to work on, you know, walking with no shoes on Sunday. I'm not doing well with it yet. But me neither. You're not alone. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. With your feet, you know, to the ground and to the soil. I'm working on it. Yeah, I was raised. Put some shoes on before you go out the house. I still hear my grandma saying that in my head, so it's hard. Right, right. But it is a it's a experience of it. It it also helps you with um I guess like uh, what do you say? I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank for some reason. Anyway. With being proud of the things that you do, like, you know, you, you started out with a tiny seed and you actually grew food from it. So it helps to be, you know, confident and proud of yourself too. Gardening gives a lot outside of just the food that you eat. Mm. 
let's talk about it. Since you brought it up, we gonna go all the way into it with gardening. You have some very lush fruits and vegetables out there. I see these big old, I don't know exactly what everything is, but I see cabbage and all types of stuff. Um, mm. Let's talk about kind of, it's, it's getting colder. Uh, what are you growing now? How are you growing it? And then I also want to talk about your hydroponic system because I, I saw you kind of getting into that recently too. Okay. Um, so right now, the cold hardy vegetables, so um, brassicas, broccoli, cabbage, collards, kale, kohlrabi, which is my absolute favorite fall vegetable to grow. Um, what else is out there? Swiss chard is out there, radishes, beets. I'm not very good at growing those. Um, turnips, rutabaga, that's all out there. Oh, and I'm growing, well, I'll be picking it tonight, but for the first time I successfully grew ginger from like a piece of ginger from the store. So I'm so excited to harvest that tonight. So excited. So you got some spices and everything out there. I heard you talk about growing that ginger and sprouting it and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. And then there's a million different, not a million, but there's a lot of different herbs out there that, you know, I've been, what, dehydrating all year. So now that the cold is coming in, we'll still have those herbs to use either medicinally or in cooking. So it's exciting. I enjoy it. That it's definitely good. is. Definitely is. And then when you move into the warmer side of things, what are some of the things you'll be replacing and kind of starting to grow? We've reached that part of the show where we hook you up with some insider information. And this week, it's all about eating pet and pasture. And I got a 20% discount code for you. As farmers, we know the love and care it takes to raise happy and healthy animals. So choose the best when it comes to bedding, premium cut Timothy hay, and trees for your furry and feathery friends. So if you're looking for super absorbent hemp bedding or nesting pads for your laying ladies, look no further than eating pet and pasture check them out right now at eatonpetandpasture.com and first time shoppers get a 20% discount by typing in reese at checkout that's r-e-e-c at checkout now let's get back to another excellent adventure um so my summer garden is you know tomatoes and i probably grow i don't know 40 plants 40 tomato plants because there's so many different varieties like i was saying earlier Peppers, the same thing, because I'm not a green, I don't like green peppers, but like mm. the sweet peppers, love those. Uh, cucumbers, trombone seed squash, which that's just like really fun to grow. Mm. Uh, I'm not, I never have success with like regular squash because of the pest and I don't spray and stuff. So trombone okay. um, squash, I always seem to be able to grow up. The pests don't take the plant out. Mm. Uh, what else I am, do I grow in the summer? It, it's a lot. I don't know why I'm not. I, oh, green beans. Love fresh green beans. Okay. Uh, sweet potatoes. I just harvested those a few weeks ago. So just, you know, a lot of different options for summer. Summer, you have more options than, than fall. But it's gotcha. all good. <laughs> you basically growing the whole Thanksgiving side dish situation. Yeah. You got the whole buffet going. You named everything yeah, I, I love. <laughs> That's awesome. But I know when, when it comes down to that, I know everybody looking at you like, what we what we got coming? What we doing, Asia? What we got coming oh, to yeah. the uh to the kitchen? Everybody definitely like you growing college, you know I'm growing college. Mm -hmm. Which is so interesting because before I started gardening, I didn't eat most of the stuff that I'm growing. Like mm. I definitely didn't eat collards, I did not eat kale. I I had never heard of kohlrabi, and when I did grow I it, I was just like, that looks cool. Mm. <laughs> so I grew it. That's exactly when I grew it, and then it's a very delicious vegetable. I've never heard of it. I got to look it up now. 
Oh yeah, you should look it up. And, and it, I mean, I don't eat it raw because it has an anise taste. But I, when I roast it, it's I mean, it's delicious. It's my favorite fall. It has a taste of a broccoli stem, but it tastes like cabbage too. It's Okay, that's a cool yeah. little mix right there. I feel the same way about Brussels sprouts. I didn't grow them, but I got some fresh from like a farm, a local farm. And mm. we roasted them. I was like, bro, this don't taste like the ones that they was trying to push on me as a child. Nope. <laughs> These are different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have a different taste when you pull it straight out of the garden and bring mm. it into the house. Definitely facts on that one. Talk to me about tomatoes. My guy, A.B., that you were kind of talking to online a little bit. He was trying to grow some tomatoes. Could you give us like the the, the grow tomatoes for dummy crash course real quick? What do we need? What what should we be looking at? And what time of the year? Sound like a, a spring or summertime fruit. So yeah, it's definitely gonna do better in the summer. Uh, I normally so I'm in Virginia. I normally plant at this point. I, I've I've gotten it down to somewhat of a science. I plant in the first or second week of May. Um, and, you know, it's going to depend on your growing area and your first frost and last frost. Um, but for me, honestly, I grow up in bags. And so that's way, the way you can kind of keep the um, moisture controlled. You can keep the nutrients controlled. But, I mean, you can grow it however. I've had my my biggest success growing in bags and also keeping it to one liter um, okay. because you have two different types of tomatoes, um, basic ones. It is an indeterminate and a determinate. A determinate is going to grow to a certain height and give you tomato. An indeterminate is just going to keep growing. I mean, like, they can grow to, like, 15 feet. They can get nice. really, okay. really tall. Yeah. Um, and so I always grow indeterminate because that'll keep me in tomatoes for the whole uh, summer. But then you have to have a way to stake it or it's just going to kind of run out all over the ground. But I have my success in growing it in bags. Uh, tomatoes like to have, uh, I think it's phosphorus. And so like bone meal and things like that, or just a balanced feed. And it's, they're going to keep growing. Only the only thing is they are very prone to disease, so like okay. blight and things like that. Um, but you know, also with tomatoes, you can pull off the lower leaves and it'll just keep growing at the top. So, okay. yeah, okay. kind of like a pruning situation. I do mm -hmm. something at the bottom of it to keep going up. Yep, and then I, I always pull off what they call the suckers that that because a tomato will just keep growing new plants out of that one stem. Mm. Um, I always pull them off mostly because of the area I'm in and, and we get humid. And like I mm. said, they get disease from the heat and, and, and moisture. So Okay. All right, cool. I'm sure you got videos somewhere about this stuff on your YouTube and IG. So yeah. we're going to set them there for more details. But I appreciate <laughs> that crash course right there. If I was just getting started and growing something, what is something that might be kind of fun? I might see, because you know how it is. We see a little success that we're going to keep going. What yeah. might be something that might be fun and I may possibly get some success early with to get me going? So at this time of year, it's going to be radishes. Radishes, mm. I think I posted about this a few days ago maybe. Radishes can can produce within like between 20, 30 days. Mm. And it does not take a lot. Like they don't need a lot of fertilizer and they don't need a lot of care. You can literally put the seed in the ground as long as you keep the soil moist, they're gonna grow. 
that like that is what I would tell someone if like right now they're saying I want a garden it's getting cold what should I do radishes and you okay. will grow them so quickly I roast them don't eat them raw but right. yeah that's what's up so radishes to get us that's our starter veggie yes <laughs> radishes will get you and if if you're you know starting in fall radishes will get you to become a garden that's what's up all right cool so now I know we're gonna start our garden with radishes yes and that, right. that's another one that has so many different varieties what all we see in the store is a little red one mm-hmm. but there's so many different types of, of radishes too. that's what's up what was the most challenging thing that you've grown so far it's got to be watermelon, except I still haven't grown it. <laughs> Don't talk to me about this rascally watermelon. <laughs> I plant it every year, and I never actually get a watermelon. So I'm going, this year, you know, in the off season, I'm going to do some research. I'm not sure if I'm if I don't have if I'm not watering enough, or if I don't have all of the nutrients. But I literally gotcha. never. I never grow it. That's my challenging vegetable. And okay. and beet for whatever reason. They're planted now. I'm probably not gonna get it. <laughs> we gonna pray for your watermelons at least. <laughs> All right, cool. Now we see the skin is glowing. Is this courtesy of these loofahs you grown? I didn't know loofah was a real plant. I thought it was just something I got on Amazon or from the store. You growing face washes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So face washes, uh, you know, sponges to clean things with. Uh, They don't taste delicious, in my opinion, because they are also edible. If you get them small, you know, if you harvest them small, they're edible. And I tried it. It is not for me. But yeah, I'm growing loofah. That's one of those exciting ones. It's just fun to grow, but also it's useful because I think they're so fun to grow. Those will be picked tonight, too, or they'll be done in the falls but yeah i am growing those so i use them for my body and to like clean the house you can use it for eye mm. so that was that challenging to grow too loofah so i have not had an issue with loofah um like so they take a long time to grow i plant mm. them out when i plant everything else out in may Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't start actually showing loofah or, or producing loofah until like almost end of July, early August. So they are long in, in my uh, experience. It's a long growing plant, but it will grow right up until your first frost. So that's a good thing if you have a, you know, if you're in a long growing season, a space, mm-hmm. an area where you have a long growing season. Yeah. Now, you've named about 433 things that you've grown, right? And I'm excited because you're also a small space homesteader. So it's not mm-hmm. like you own 15 acres out there. You're growing all this stuff in your backyard or in bags or in your kitchen or using your hydroponics. Mm-hmm. Um, tell people like they don't like if you could just give somebody words of encouragement that may be in an apartment or may just be in a townhome or something like that. Yeah. So I always say. If you can grow it in the ground, you can grow it in a pot, a bag, or a container. Mm. Um, and that's like a tote, uh, you know, grow bags. You you can grow it. And, and, and I think people think that you need like sun all day long. When, when they say full sun, they're talking like six to eight hours. Mm. Um, and so if you can grow it in the ground, you can more than likely grow it in a pot. And I say, give it a change, give it, give it a try. Like get one tomato start from, from the store. And then I think people also sometimes think you got to start big 
and you don't, by the time that you get to like what my backyard looks like, it's been three years. Mm -hmm. So just start wherever you can with the amount of space you have and just go for it. Because you you will be surprised. You're going to be surprised at the taste. You're going to be surprised at how peaceful it is. You're going to be surprised at how much you're just going to enjoy it. I always say I should have started gardening a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> but we glad you're doing it now sharing your journey with us like that's how like i said we got to meet you and mm -hmm. I'm, you got me excited ready to grow some stuff you like part of the community too man so we appreciate everything you're doing and sharing with the world oh you're welcome i appreciate you having me today <laughs> for sure you and your daughter keep making the videos y'all be having us cracking up yeah she, she's sitting <laughs> here now <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what's up, man. Thank you again for joining the show. I think you kind of gave us everything, like as much as you could give us. I want everybody to follow you. Tell them where to find you on social media too. Okay, um, so on Instagram, I am at Miss, and that's M S Asia A S I A Spratly S P R A T L E Y. Um, on Instagram and then on YouTube, I am at Yellow Door Urban Homestead. That's what's up. All right, if you had. Just say you were able to live your dream and just get a big old farm and just could grow anything. If you had to pick one thing that you had to grow, what would that one thing be? Potatoes. Potatoes? Yes. Okay. I absolutely, like potatoes is one of those things. It's a, you're digging up treasure every time mm. you dig it. And so you I like would to dig too. Yeah. I, do. <laughs> I see you out there. I see you. I you got your little I, headlamp on and then you see you. Yeah. <laughs> it would be potatoes. That's what I would grow. That's definitely what's up. All right. And if you if you could uh pick one chicken, type of chicken you you could get. Like you had a bunch of chickens you can get. You could just pick one, what would it be? What breed would it be? I think it would be the majestic moraine. Mm. And maybe because I'm on a half from the new A's. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it would be the majestic moraine. That's what's up. All right. So we got potatoes and majestic morans in your future. We're going to preach, uh, uh, see it into, speak it into existence. We appreciate you, Mama. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been another excellent adventure. Make sure y'all check out the Yellow Door Urban Homestead to all line across all social media platforms. We gone. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Excellent Adventures powered by Blackyard Chickens. Now, if you think you want to raise your own backyard flock, here's the site for you. Blackyardchickens.com. We make entertaining videos about raising baby chicks from scratch. You know what I mean by from scratch, right? Or maybe you want to learn how to take care of your own big chickens or hens and get those fresh eggs, building a coop or buying a coop, having the necessary things inside that coop to get great egg production. You'll learn a lot of the neat tricks I've picked up along the way from other chicken enthusiasts, and you can get pretty eggs just like those. So follow us on social media and check us out on our YouTube channel. Bye.